Hi friends, and welcome to the True Speaks podcast with Jessica Lauren. I'm your host, Jessica, and I'm so stoked to be here with y'all. I started this podcast because I believe that one of the best things we can do is share life and conversations with others about the big things, about the hard things, and about the important things. And I am so excited to invite friends from all different places for some incredible conversations. Hey friends, today on the podcast, I'm chatting with my friend Jenna Miller, and the way that Jenna and I met is just one of my favorite stories, and I can't wait for you guys to hear it, but Jenna and I talk about her life in ministry and actually how she got there, how that happened for her, um, how college led her to the Lord. I just think that is the coolest story, and I'm so excited for you guys to hear. Jenna and I chat about what it looks like to be faithful in ministry, even when it can get draining and wearisome and, and kind of consume your life, what it looks like to pursue intentional times of rest and filling up. We talk about the value of the one, that sometimes in our culture we like to pursue the big and the crazy, and yet God shows us that he is always about the one. He's always about the individual, and I love that about Jenna, that she is really intentional with individuals in her life, and it is really cool to see. So I hope you guys will enjoy my conversation today with my friend Jenna. Hey Jenna, welcome to the podcast. Hey Jessica, thanks for having me. I'm so excited that you're here, and I can't wait to share a little bit of the story of how we met because I think that is really fun, Um, but (laughs) I would love if you shared just a little bit about who you are and what you do and what your life looks like and all that fun stuff. Definitely. I'm 25, and I graduated from Missouri State three years ago, and my husband and I got married actually our senior year. And we have been on staff with Stumo since then, and it's a college campus ministry. Um, We had a bomb wedding photographer. I just (laughs) had to throw that in. And um, no kids yet, just kind of enjoying marriage, taking some trips and stuff like that. So that's me. That's so fun. It's so cool because (laughs) the way that Jenna and I connected was I was randomly in Kansas City and I was, my family went to go see a movie. It was around Christmas time. I don't know if it was before Christmas or after Christmas, but around there. Yeah, it was just around there. And um, so my family went to go see a movie. So I went to Starbucks to edit for a little bit because I needed to get some work done. And um, I was editing pictures and there were these two girls sitting behind me. And all of a sudden they were like, hey, like, are you a wedding photographer? And I was like, yeah. And um, and one of the girls was you and you had just gotten engaged. <laughs> and so we connected and you emailed me and then I ended up shooting your wedding that April. And so it was just so fun. <laughs> it was so funny because I remember my friend and I were sitting there talking about how um, she just asked me questions about the wedding and how it was going. And I was just telling her things I still needed to do. And I was thinking, I was saying like, I need a wedding photographer. I don't know who. And then we look over and you're editing pictures and she goes, Hey, is that, I think that girl's in a wedding photographer. And I asked you and the rest is history. So it's just so fun. And it just cracked me up because like you have been, it's just been really fun for our lives to kind of um, intertwine because not only did I shoot your wedding, I've ended up shooting like so many weddings from people who've gone to Missouri State and that are friends and that kind of stuff. And so it's just like connected this whole world of people and it's just so cool. Yeah, that's true. It's benefits of college ministry. Lots of people get married. So 
connections. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Exactly. So it's just been really cool. So um, then like, obviously I got to know you guys a little bit when I shot your wedding and that kind of stuff. And I heard about the ministry that you're involved in, which is Stumo and what y'all are doing. And I got to hear a little bit of your story and your testimony. And I was like, this is the coolest thing because like, most people I know don't go to college and encounter God really. Um, in fact, I, I kind of feel like the opposite is true. And so um, most people go to college and they're like, hey, I'm just going to do whatever I want. Like I'm, I'm kind of free. Um, and so I would just love to hear a little bit of your story of like how you came to know the Lord and like what your college experience w- looked like. Yeah, you're so right. Many Most students come to college and just kind of want to take advantage of their new freedom and you know, nobody's making them go to church anymore. And they're kind of, it's kind of the time a lot of people go wild. (laughs) So I actually, Mm -hmm. I actually did grow, grow up going to church and I was there every Sunday, but I never really understood having a relationship with Christ. It was just kind of a, a checklist. So kind of my thing was I wanted everyone to think that I was perfect. (laughs) So I would do, Mm -hmm. you know, that means different things to different people. So I would, you know, if my dad wanted me to do this, like get good grades, be successful, then I would do that for him. If my friends wanted me to party, I would try to be that girl for them. My mom wanted me to go to church with her on Sunday. I would wake up from the party the night before and go to church with her on Sunday. So it was just exhausting. Mm -hmm. And Really, I, if you would have asked me then, I would have said that God was important to me. But um, really, looking back, I think he was just another thing I used to make myself look better. <laughs> so I kind of mm. prided myself on being like the girl who would wake up from a party and go to church. And like, I'm the good girl who, you know. Yeah. So it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't, it was for me. It was really me idolizing myself more than it ever was, you know, knowing God or wanting to know God. So I came to college and I actually did continue to go to church some, but nothing really changed. I met a girl named Amanda who was on staff with Stumo and she just started becoming friends with me and we would talk about God and I didn't mind that because like I grew up that was who I was, I thought. So she just started teaching me about the Bible and gosh, I just never had, I never had someone sit down with me individually and explain to me what is, I guess, about my relationship with Christ or my lack of relationship with Christ Yeah, and or questions that I had, or I'd never like talked through a Bible story with someone one-to-one. And then I got to see her life. I got to see her live it out and I got to see her love me and love her husband and eventually become a mom. And that just made such a huge impact on me. I went to a leadership and discipleship program called Kaleo through Stumo after my sophomore year of college. And remember hearing a message just about the reality that our sin separates us from God and how nothing can truly satisfy us except for a relationship with Christ. And Mm -hmm. I'd heard that before. I know I had, but it just clicked for the first time. And I understood that even though God was, you know, important to me, I had never made a personal decision to follow him. And so I did that night and gosh, I just... I remember feeling like I could see this joy in Amanda, the girl that kind of mentored me. And I could feel that. Like, I didn't understand what it was. And I could feel it for the first time. And I just realized it's because, gosh, she has, 
she has a relationship with God. She just doesn't go to church and obey um, all the checklist of rules. And, you know, so she actually lived it out. And I understood why mm. once I made that decision. So that's, that's yeah. how I came to know the Lord. That's amazing. I think one of my favorite things about all of that is how you're talking about your friend Amanda and how she basically like invited you into her world and let you kind of like see her life. Like if that's kind of what it sounds like you're saying. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's just like really an important aspect of being intentional with people, you know? Definitely. It's so easy to sit in the back of a church service and not really apply it to yourself or not really think about do I like really believe this? But if someone's sitting across the table from you, you kind of have to address it and really think about it for yourself. So it made a huge impact on my life. Right, right. And I that is just like so exciting. And I think I'm always so encouraged when I hear your story and your heart, um, because I think that there's something really powerful that happens, especially in the season of like the college years, um, because, you know, you've you've grown up and, you know, you go through middle, middle school and high school and you're like becoming your own person, kind of becoming an adult, like that kind of thing. But then you get to college and you really are an adult at that point. Um, and it can be hard to understand like what your purpose is in the middle of all of that. And so I think something really powerful happens when we begin to connect our life to the purpose that God has given us. Um, and I think it brings a lot of like fulfillment and joy. Definitely. I totally agree. I just love that so much. So I really love um, what's happening at Missouri State and just like all around the country with SUMO. Um, and so I would just love for you to share a little bit of your heart about college ministry and like why you think it's so vital and how you've seen that like impact lives. Yeah, definitely. College, you know, students come to college and I, I really feel like often they're in a, a prime spot to receive the gospel, the truth of the gospel, you know, they're making their own decisions. They made decisions in high school, but not to the magnitude that they do in college. Mm -hmm. um, so they're making those on their own for the first time in their lives. Um, sometimes that doesn't go well, unfortunately, but um, I really feel like the decisions they make in college set the trajectory for the rest of their lives. And they're choosing yeah. a lot of times spouses, um, how they're going to date and pursue their spouse um, purity, you know, stuff like that. And then also future career, character, just who, who they're going to be. So those decisions and more, um, they make a lot of those in college. And, you know, like you said, they're yeah. trying to find their purpose and just direction in their lives. And a lot of times, you know, they look for that in different things, but, um, it's, it's cool. We get to show them, that, you know, God is their purpose and they have a purpose bigger than they can ever imagine for them, their own lives. You know, yeah. um, they're not like they're not set in their ways. I feel like they're still moldable. They're ready to learn and be usually they're pretty open to hearing about, you know, different mm -hmm. religions or what. Yeah, they want to know what they what they believe about God, not just their families, but like their beliefs. Um, but also sometimes they totally disregard God and then they end up feeling empty and broken. So it's also an advantage for us to be there in those times too. Yeah, absolutely. I loved, I was there in Springfield. Gosh, I don't, was it two years ago? I think. And we hung out for an afternoon and grabbed coffee and that kind of thing. And I remember you talking with a girl um, and we were talking about some verses in Jeremiah chapter two that talked about like how, um, 
people kept filling these broken cisterns with water and yeah. basically like all the water was coming out. Right. And, um, yes. I loved how you explained that. And you were talking about how like in our own lives, we can look to all these things to fill us up we can look to money or we can look to success or affirmation or like the applause of others for our value, or we can look to relationships, which I think is like for anyone, I think that that is a really hard thing not to find like all of your value from relationships or um, yes. like how well you're doing in school or what kind of job you're going to have, what how much money you're going to make, like all of those things. Um, <laughs> yep. And yeah, at the end of the day, they're like broken cisterns, right? Like they, like you put water in it and it all comes out like slowly but surely. And so it's really not satisfying. Um, yeah. And yeah, I thought that was so good. Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, college students a lot of time are, are realizing that they're empty and they're looking for things to satisfy them. And they turn to the party scene and they turn to relationships or getting good grades. I mean, I talked to so many girls who are just battling anxiety and not feeling good enough. And, you know, all the, all mm -hmm. the cisterns they're kind of turning to, to fill them up. And, um, we get to be there during this time and offer them the only you know, the only solution that can really satisfy them and heal them from their pain. <laughs> I actually heard a statistic. Yeah. Rick Warren says that most people, um, they start a relationship with God in times of transition or during trauma. And um, that really made me think because college students, I mean, they're in a huge transition period. And, yeah. you know, so many things in their lives are changing. And then a lot of times, they invest in the party scene or in relationships and they experience trauma or they have in the past and they're kind of tr trying to process that for the first time. And so I really right. feel like we're in a good spot to be there and listen to them and, you know, ask them questions and um, love on them and just be able to offer them the one thing that can really satisfy them. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's something so big about um, being a listening ear. And I think that you do a really good job of that, of, um, listening to people and like just being present. And I think that any kind of ministry, college ministry, um, ministry in a church or, um, I, I mean like whatever kind of ministry you're doing anywhere at the root, it's, it's about a heart for people and not just like a ministry or like how many, how many people are there or how many people get saved or like anything like that. It's, it's about like yeah. the one in the individual. And I've seen something in, in y'all and in Stumo and what you're doing, um, that y'all care about the one. Yeah. And I think that that's really, really important. Do you mind like sharing a little bit of how you care about the one, like what that looks like for yeah. you? Of, like how does it look like to be intentional with a, a specific individual? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I'll share a little bit from my experience. One thing I love about our ministry is that we don't necessarily like set up a table and um, invite people to come to our large group meeting, which there's no, that's amazing. That's awesome. But um, yeah. our ministry kind of works harder to um, go to them, you know, like go to the dining hall and sit with a random student, mm -hmm. try to remember her name or follow her on Instagram or, yeah. you know, take her to do, take her buy her lunch somewhere, you know, they eat at the dining hall, they want real good food. Right. <laughs> so just, um, or like the guys will go to fraternity events or play intramurals or, you know, go to them because the ones who are the most broken and maybe don't understand maybe the most um, ready to receive the gospel are the ones that 
aren't going to come. They're not going to go up to the table that's yeah. a, you know, that says, um, come learn about Jesus, you know, they're going right. to walk the other way when they see a table like that. So I think one thing that I've learned to do really well being on staff with Stumo is to go to the lost. They're not going to, you know, the ones who don't understand a relationship with mm-hmm. Christ, they're not really going to come to you and you have to seek them out and love yeah. them and help them see the love of Christ. So I think that's a yeah. huge, I think that's a huge thing. And then just, you know, not shoving anything down their throat, you know, people are ready or they're not, but my job is just to give them the opportunity not to make them do anything or, um, yeah. Right. So I think that's from my experience that made a big impact on me with Amanda. Who's like, I met her, went shopping with her, did fun things with her. I was, she was my friend. She just wasn't this like girl who only wanted to talk about God, but I could like, I could really enjoy her. And, you know, I got to see her life outside of that setting. Yeah. I think that's so big because like when we look at people as not like a project, like nobody should ever be a project. Everybody is just a human being like created in the image of God that, you know, the Lord says that they're worthy of love. And so I I should think that they're worthy of love too. You know what I mean? And I think that every person that the Lord cares deeply about every single person and doesn't, he's not looking for us to just like follow the rules. You know what I'm saying? Like that's not who God is. God is a God who desperately loves us. And so I think it changes everything when, you know, you can start to see that and see the greatness of his love for like you and I, and then for all people that it changes the way that we look at people and it changes the way that we love them. Because when something's motivated and fueled by love, as opposed to just like fueled by doing something to complete a project or be able to say that like, oh, I did this, like, that's fine. But like, it really, I don't think that that's where real heart transformation happens. You know what I mean? Heart transformation happens when you encounter the vastness of the love of God, you know? Yeah. And even that ability to love someone like that, you have to depend on God because, you know, I can't naturally in my own, in my own power, love these girls who cancel on me or, you know, like ditch me last minute, you know, that's hard. And I need, I need to pray and ask God for love for them because I can't even do that on my own, you know? So. Right. Oh my goodness. It's really, it grows me trying to love people like that. So. Yes. Oh my goodness. That is like, that is the truth. It was so funny yesterday as at prison and we were talking about Ephesians 5 where it says be imitators of God as a beloved children and walk in love as Christ did. Um, Mm -hmm. And I loved that there was like this urge and this call to like, hey, if you're a Christian, if you say you have a relationship with Jesus, then like the call for you is to walk in love. But but it said walk in love as Jesus did. Like it doesn't say like walk Mm -hmm. in love like by your own strength or like muster up everything in you to like care about this person or love them or be kind to them. Because let's be honest, there's some people that are easy to love and then there's others that are really hard to love. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) that's so true. I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, oh my goodness. The only way that we can ever love is because or walk in love towards other people is because Christ walked in love towards us first, you know? And I was like, that's the game changer right there. (laughs) Yep. I totally agree. It's, it's not always easy, but I mean, then you see the, I don't know, you know, he, he shows you the rewards later whenever that person tells you like nobody's ever listened to me or loved me like you have and it makes it all worth it. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I can only imagine like how powerful that can be and what a gift that that can be to so many people. Um, Just because like, let's be real. Sometimes we can be pretty surface level with friendships and relationships and 
you know, there, I think that there might be a lot of people out there that actually aren't having um, heart to heart conversations with people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And you can just feel really empty because everything's really surfaced with almost everyone in your life. And I think that there is a lot of value in being very intentional with that because otherwise, you know, you can just go through life kind of keeping everything surface. But I think it is super, super necessary and needed to have deep heart-to-heart conversations with people. Yeah. And that's just part of loving someone is asking them the questions that nobody else will ask or bringing up topics that nobody else will bring up. And I mean, they feel that they understand, like, why does she care about this? Like, I just met her we're sitting at the dining hall. Why does she care who I'm closer to, my mom or my dad, or who, what I think about God? Like, she doesn't have to care, Mm. but she does. So, and that stands out to people. Yeah, absolutely. Something that I've seen in my, like the own ministry stuff that I do is the the thing that I've heard over and over again from these women is, hey, like, it's not even so much about what you're saying. It's the fact that you're here. And it's a fact that you show up. And um, I think in ministry, it's really important not for us to just like, yeah, it's great if like what you're saying is really motivational or really encouraging or whatever, but (laughs) more so than any of the words coming out of your mouth is how important it is to just show up for someone. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I know. And they back your words. I mean, it's the thing people don't care what you know until they know that you care. And if you show up then what you say carries so much more weight because they trust you and they know you care about them. Yeah, absolutely. I think that is, it's like that building of trust um, between people that changes the dynamic of a relationship. Because if you're, if you're friends with somebody and you don't trust them, you're not really going to share the deep parts of your soul with them. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, have, I have to trust somebody before I'm ever going to open up to them. Yep. <laughs> so that's so big. Yep. Definitely. I love that so much. Um, So I am just curious because, you know, you're running after the things that matter, which I think is really important. I'm certain, kind of like you shared a little bit ago, that there can be times when that's harder than others. There are times when it can become more wearisome Mm -hmm. um, than others. And sometimes it can be a little bit more discouraging. Like there can be high highs, um, but I think that there can also be some lows. Mm -hmm. Um, And so like, how have you navigated that in your own life? Like the the highs and the lows. Yeah. Yeah. I totally, totally understand feeling discouraged in ministry. It's just different because most jobs you have like a task to complete or a goal to work towards. And not that I don't make goals, like I make goals and work really hard, but it just looks different. And I can't measure, you have to kind of redefine your definition of success because God, for anything to happen, God has to work and he, I can't change people's hearts. He has to do that. So I think one mm-hmm. a season of my life that I got really discouraged my first year on staff was I think I was putting so much pressure on myself to change people's hearts and say the right thing, like you said, or I had to say this perfect or I had to explain the gospel in this perfect way or else they weren't going to come to Christ. And so I really wasn't depending on mm-hmm. God. I was depending on my own abilities and strength and power and ability to speak clearly. And it really just, it was discouraging when nothing happened because I, I just didn't understand why I was working so hard and nothing was happening. Yeah. So I think that once I realized that and realized that, gosh, my job is just to plant the seed and give opportunity. And if God wants to make it grow, then praise God. And if not, then that's okay. It's still yeah. a win because it's a privilege that I even get to, you know, labor and like work 
alongside God. So I think that perspective change made a huge difference for me. And I also think one other thing that can be kind of hard and discouraging is that the line between our jobs and our, our personal lives is so blurry and it's really hard to make healthy boundaries in our jobs because, you know, girls are texting me all the time and have questions and want to talk or like had a bad night. And so it can be so easy to just give, give, give and then get really burnt out because you're just empty, you feel empty. So one thing that I think help, has helped me a lot is just, I haven't figured it all out yet, but just trying to learn like, okay, when I feel kind of drained, what do I need to do? Like what gives me life and what, yeah. you know, perks me back up and makes me feel full again so I can continue to give. Um, and that's not selfish. You know, we ha we're supposed to love our neighbors like we love ourselves. And someone taught me one time, like that means you have to love yourself. <laughs> and if you can't love yourself, then yeah. you can't really love your neighbor well either. And so it's not a selfish thing. And in fact, I feel like if you're going to do ministry for the long run, you need to, you, you know, you can't get burned out or else you're going to quit. So you have to mm -hmm. invest in yourself so that you're able to do it longer. And just finding things that give you life and make you excited and, you know, even outside of ministry. So I think finding those things has been really, really huge for me. Oh, that's good. I, that like ministers to my own heart and soul because <laughs> it's been kind of a hard past couple months um, with some <laughs> things in ministry stuff. And so um, that is just something that I needed to hear. Um, that is just really encouraging to me because it is so true that like whoever, whatever you're doing, you're pouring from whatever's inside of you and if you're totally drained like you're not really pouring out anything all that good yes you know that's saying? so true yeah and you have to be intentional to find that time because especially in ministry you're not like on the clock and off the clock necessarily it's so relationship centered that you have to find that time you have to be committed to you know investing in yourself absolutely what does that look like for you um like practically speaking like what are some things that fill you up and fill your heart up when you're feeling really dry and weary yeah well you know i'm still kind of learning that i've been on staff three years and i still have a lot to learn but i'm trying to learn just about myself and you know i'm not sure if you're into the enneagram but you should you should look into it if you're not because oh, i love it we i could talk about it i mean i could have like a long conversation about the enneagram but it's, it really has helped me just learn about myself and um, what I need and what fills me up and things that inspire me. And I, like I said, I'm still learning, but I mean, I've learned, I love to, if I feel drained, I sometimes I need to be alone and um, take an evening and not make any plans. I love not having any plans. The feeling of not having any plans for the rest of the day is like <laughs> so therapeutic to me. Um, and I, yeah. you know, go outside. I love to be in nature. Um, I love doing just creative things. So something that I can use my imagination or create something is really life-giving to me. So I try to do that if I can, like redo furniture or, you know, go to a flea market and kind of reimagine something. So just things like that have really been, you know, hanging out with friends who are encourage my heart and are just like easy people to be around. I don't have to try to entertain them or talk all the time. That's really, that's really life-giving to me. So just things like that, I try to make time for. Yeah, I think that's so fun. I just saw on your Instagram story, a cute little piece of <laughs> furniture that you painted and looked so good. Yeah, so fun. I had a lot of fun. 
That is awesome. Okay, so we have to go back to the Enneagram because I love the Enneagram. (laughs) What are you? I'm a four. Okay, that's so fun. Yeah, yep. That is me. What are you? I am a three. I think I'm a three wing too, but... I'm for sure a three. I that's, that's what, what I, I would have <laughs> That's so funny. It's kind of like, you know, I have some friends that are like, we really try really hard to figure out what theirs is. And it's kind of difficult. Like, it's really hard. But I'm just like as typical as it comes for the three. Yes. <laughs> so it's just pretty easy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, some people are more like, like my husband, Tyler's a one and he is a one. <laughs> he is a one. And there's no nope. arguing it at all. But yeah, some people are definitely harder to peg, I guess, but I love it because it it's not just, you know, a lot of personality tests or like your behavior. And one thing about the Enneagram is that mm. it, you know, people can do the same action, but have different motives behind it. And it really measures your motives. Behind yeah. it. So I love, I love that. I mean, that's a quick plug, but I would definitely recommend it. I think it's a good, I mean, I don't know, it's just healthy to learn about yourself. So I've loved it. Oh my gosh. I completely agree. I completely agree. And I'm in the same boat as you as it just helped me so much when I realized, oh my goodness, what's the reason behind what I'm doing? And I loved what you're saying that it's not just about your actions. Um, it's it's about like your motives. And so that's been really helpful for me because I'm like, oh man, like, so am I doing that with a pure motive or not? Or like, why, why is it that I'm doing the things that I'm doing? Mm-hmm. Um, and that just has helped me so much. And for other people, like t- people you work with or you know people you're ministering to just if you know their number you know so much about them automatically and just it helps you have compassion on people and why they do what they do and what they struggle with to their core so I think it really does help in your relationship with others too yeah absolutely I couldn't agree more it's been kind of a game changer for me um, it took me a while to like get on the bandwagon, but once I was on, I was like fully yep. on the bandwagon. Yep. Yeah, that's what I hear a lot because people think it's just another personality test, but it's like, no, it's different. I promise it's different. So yeah, you're like, this is different than the Mm-mm. Facebook ones that are like, what kind of food are you? Yep. Like, no, like this is the real deal. Yep. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that so much. Man, I feel like, see, I feel like everything's different now that I know that you're a four. It's a big deal. <laughs> yep. We're, we're complex. That is so fun. Once you know people's number, you can make little jokes and understand <laughs> things about them. So Tyler teased me about, you know, I have more emotions in a day than I know what to do with. And I don't even know which emotion to act on because I have so many. <laughs> that is so funny. I can imagine in marriage that that's pretty helpful just to like understand each other. Cause that's like, obviously your closest human relationship oh, yeah. on this earth and so to be able to like understand that has got to be so big oh yeah oh in conflict it helps so much and just like you know understanding and just loving someone the way they need to be loved not how you want to be loved you know yeah oh my goodness I can just imagine that's so big I love that so okay I have a few more questions for you um but the first one is what is your heart on fire for these days like what is filling you up um, what are you just like stoked on life about? Like, is there anything going on in your world that you are just on fire for? <laughs> well, I mean, it's hard not to say ministry, but I do, I kind of feel like um, what I'm most excited for right now is we're thinking about buying a house. And I just, that makes me Ooh. so excited. And just to imagine and like dream about what I'd want it to look like and how I'd want to redo things. And so that's something that 
um, I'm, I've really been just excited for. I feel like the things I said that just filled me up, I think those are the things that I'm really leaning on right now. Um, just after mm -hmm. our three years on staff, I think I have recently felt the, you know, like a little bit of burnout and just like running a lot without taking time to rest and reflect. And I've actually had an opportunity to do that recently. So I've really been investing in just like the, yeah, the piece of furniture that you saw from my Instagram. Yeah. And um, yeah, just like taking time to reconnect with the Lord and letting him fill me um, and taking time to like sit with him and be with him. And those are, I mean, that's just like, it's really, I feel so much fuller after just a, like a short time of being able to mm -hmm. do that. So dreaming up some business, business ideas, <laughs> just time to think, you know, that's been really good for my, yeah. good for my heart. I love that. I think that margin is a beautiful thing yes. <laughs> and something that in our very fast paced, like American culture that I don't know that we all get um, enough of. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's really just a gift to kind of like, I don't know, just even if you're not a kind of person that if you're a go, go, go person, like I can be a go, go, go person. I can thrive um, really well in that kind of environment. But at the same time, like it doesn't matter how much of a go getter you are or whatever yeah. um, and how much you love fast pace. Every human being needs rest and every human being needs some margin. And I think just like time alone with your thoughts, which can be a little bit scary sometimes. Like some people don't don't want to be alone with their own thoughts because yeah. it can be a little, almost a little intimidating. And yet I think that like we want God to speak to us and we want all these things. And it's like, when's he going to do that? Like I'm never listening to him. Yeah. You know what I mean? I never slow down enough to hear his voice. How do you build margin in your – you know, your schedule is crazy and you have so many – weddings and all your things that you do <laughs> your podcast and you know your it's like business advising <laughs> you do so many things how do you find margin that's a good question and it's something I am very much um growing in <laughs> it is a process I think also kind of like not to go back to the Enneagram but um you know, my, as a three, I can um, find a lot of my worth and, and value in what I do. And that means I can try to do a lot to find my value there, if that makes sense, yeah. um, which can, can look good on Instagram, <laughs> but um, <laughs> cannot be good for your heart. And so um, I am constantly working on that um, because I can fill my life up with lots of things and then realize that I'm like a little bit dying on the inside. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think for me, I love when you were like a night at home when, with like nothing on the calendar. Mm -hmm. Like for me, resting is like, um, being done with work at 4.30 and like going in the kitchen and making like a really nice dinner. Yeah. Um, that like, because then I'm, I'm like doing something. So it doesn't feel like I'm just like sitting and watching TV, but I'm doing something that doesn't involve my brain yeah. working and I'm making something beautiful and like, I love food. So, <laughs> so I'm like, it's something that like pulls my heart up and, and I can try like a new recipe or something. And so that's something that I really just love to do when I have an evening when I'm home and I'm, I don't have to go do a session or have a meeting or whatever. I think that that's probably one of the best ways that my heart is filled up. Um, and just like blocking off days for some margin, you know, when you work weekends, it's, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you get it. Cause like your, your work is really entwined with yeah. your life too. Um, you, you can go seven days a week and not stop. And yeah. so 
Um, like I've, I've kind of committed to like not working on Sundays that, you know, I have weddings on Saturdays, but Sunday afternoons, like everybody wants to have a session, mm-hmm. but I don't do Sunday. I can have a day off. And so those kinds of things have been really helpful for me kind of navigate um, a full season of my life, but um, a really beautiful one too. And so I'm really grateful for that. Yeah. And that takes discipline because it's, you know, people want you, it's good to feel needed and it's so easy to just be like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's no problem. But then we've gone another day and not, you know, invested in ourselves and rested and we're just running. And um, even though it feels good short term, it's not the best for us long term a lot of times. So, yeah, absolutely. It's kind of like um, it's kind of like a caffeine rush a little bit when you like you can like, yes, I did another thing or like I did. The, I was able to do this for this person or yeah. whatever. But in the end, it's not really like you go in long term it just gets you like through that one next thing yes. and it's like that's maybe not the most healthy thing. and I've learned that a lot from Amanda um the girl who mentored me in college when she's had you know when she started having kids is she kind of taught me like it takes a lot of faith to say no and it takes faith to not need mm. to be the one to meet someone's needs because then you're trusting in God you know if I'm if I feel like I'm the only person who can help this for you know this girl with her problem well, what about God? You know, like he's got it and he doesn't need me. Yeah. So I think it a lot of times it takes more faith to step back sometimes. So that's something valuable. Oh, that is good. I love that. I'm gonna have to tuck that away. <laughs> I did too. I wanted to tuck it away too. I've remembered it ever since she told me that. Yeah, that is so awesome. I love that. And man, that just puts it really in perspective, you know, that okay, maybe, maybe I think I am too much yeah, of the I'm savior for all people. And that is very much not yeah, the case. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we wouldn't say that probably, but by our actions, it's like, I don't know, we believe it in our hearts that we have to be the person to do it, which is not true. Yeah, absolutely. Man, that is so good. I'm gonna have to write that one down, <laughs> stick it on my wall so I can remember. <laughs> so my last question for you is, um, what are you learning in this season of your life? And I asked this question because I, in high school, I read a book and it kind of changed my life a little bit. They said that leaders must first be learners. And if you want to be a good leader, you have to be a good learner. And so part of the reason why I started this podcast is that I wanted to have people on my podcast that I could learn from and grow from. And so, um, because I want to be a good leader. And so I want to know, what are you learning in this season of your life these days? Yeah, that's a good question. Gosh, I mean, not to take it back to the Enneagram, but I really feel like in this season, God has taught me who I am and just like the importance of knowing yourself and learning yourself and how much that helps in your relationships with others and your relationship with him. Just, you know, knowing when I need, when I need some fuel and knowing when I need some rest and knowing, you know, um, what's going to keep me alive spiritually and physically and, you know, emotionally. So I think he's been teaching me a lot about that. Um, Kind of along with that is just kind of just the idea of spiritual warfare and uh, especially when you are trying to share God with others and how hard that can be. And if Satan wants to take one person out, it's going to be the one who's impacting others. Um, he's not going to worry about mm-hmm. maybe the person who isn't following Jesus yet or um, kind of keeps their face to themselves. He's going to kind of attack more of the, pe- the people who are making an impact and leaving ripples spiritually um, for others. So. That's one thing I've been learning about recently is just how important it is to guard against 
against that. And um, yeah, also just being committed in seasons that you do feel discouraged and committed even in dry seasons because, you know, I kind of relate it to a relationship with Tyler. I don't wake up every morning thinking, gosh, I can't wait to be a loving, sweet, caring, servant-hearted wife to Tyler. (laughs) Sometimes I don't wake up feeling like that. And that doesn't mean I just get a pass for the day and I don't have to do those things. Like I made a commitment to Tyler. So I have to, you know, I get to live that out even if I don't feel like it. It's not a feeling. It's a choice that I made. So I'm kind of relating that to relationship with God. I chose, I chose to follow him and I chose to be committed to him. And even in the days that I feel discouraged or, you know, dry spiritually or tired, burnt out, um, that doesn't mean I get to just put him to the side. You know, I made a commitment to him and I think I've just been learning about Mm. how important it is to be just a commitment, you know, just be consistent and persistent and it pays, you you know, you're never going to regret spending time with God in the morning. (laughs) You're never going to think, I wish I would have done something else with that time. So it pays off later and you just have to be disciplined to stick with that, even if it's not what you feel like doing. So those are, I guess, I think those are my biggest takeaways outside of, you know, spiritually. I I agree with you. Just learning in general is so even just non-spiritual things, just topics that you don't know about. And Mm -hmm. one thing that Another thing that I feel like has been really life-giving to me is plants. <laughs> yeah. I know that's kind of funny to say, but just like buying plants and nurturing them and watching them grow and just like learning about, you know, how to propagate them and how different plants grow, you know, just yeah. learning about topics that you don't know about is has been really fun and it keeps you young. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm young, but I've heard it keeps you young. Yeah. So I've um, been trying to do that too. So. <laughs> I love that. I think it's really cool. One of my favorite things about um, God and creation and the world in general is the fact that like, you know, he created the world and so his fingerprints are all over it. And so even when you're learning things about gardening or plants and how they grow and how to take care of them and tend to them, like you see these principles throughout scripture (laughs) that like present themselves in nature. You know what I mean? Yes, you're so right. And I think just uh, having a bucket list that's been like really fun to me just something to look forward to and be excited for save up for so Mm. um tyler and i just recently got to go to canada and we got to go dog sledding and that has been on my bucket list for a long time so that was just so fun and life-giving and makes you just thankful for opportunities that you've wanted to do forever and when you finally get to do those it's just really exciting so oh my goodness yes and i think it's really fun to I love the idea of making a bucket list and like writing it down because I think sometimes like if you don't write it down, it you appreciate it less if it ever <laughs> yeah. happens. You yeah. know what I mean? But if you wrote it down and you're like, I want to do this thing, then when it happens, you're like, look, like that was, that yes. was on my list. Like that was a goal. That That's I so true. I know. I even have one for Tyler, like things he's told me he wants to do and I'll write down because I don't know. He doesn't keep one. So I keep one for him because I think it's important. So <laughs> look at you being an A plus wife. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. How stinking fun. Well, Jenna, thank you so much for doing this. It really means so much for you to be on the podcast and to share your heart and your life and your ministry and what your world looks like. And um, I'm just re- really grateful that you're here. So thank you so thank much. Thank you for having me. And you've been such, I mean, you've been such an encouragement to us. And I love telling people about my wedding photographer, just not, not just how talented you are at that, but just your heart and who you are 
um, every day and the things you're passionate about, I just love. So I've been really encouraged to know you and I'm thankful for that day in Starbucks. <laughs> yes, me too, friend. Me too. I'm so grateful. You're the best. Isn't she such a joy? I just love Jenna so much and I'm always just so encouraged whenever we chat. I just think it is the coolest thing how the Lord uses all these random things in our life to connect them for a bigger purpose. Like if I wasn't sitting in that Starbucks at one random December day, I never would have met Jenna and subsequently never would have met a ton of other incredible people because of that. That is one of my favorite things about God is that he is just working so far beyond what we can even see. If you guys are enjoying the podcast, can I ask you to do me a favor and subscribe to the podcast and leave us a rating and review. That would mean not only so much to me, but it also allows other people to find the podcast a little bit easier and we get to hang out with more people here, which is always such a joy. You can find Jenna on Instagram at Jen Millie. And as always, you guys can find me on Instagram at Jessica Lauren Photo. I hope you guys are having a great week and I will see you here next time on the True Speaks podcast.